The Old Testament reading is from the book of Psalms, number 139, verses 1 through 10. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. The epistle reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12 through 20. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food for the stomach and stomach for food, but God will destroy them both. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with the prostitute? Never. Do you know what is that he who unites himself with the prostitute is one with her, by, her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All the other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. The Gospel is from the book of John, chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. And out of respect for the Gospel, please rise. Jesus calls Philip and Nathanael. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good from, come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. He then added, I tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. One of the uh, misconceptions that people often have about the Christian faith 
is that we must decide for Jesus Christ. And the idea goes something like this. After years of searching and struggling, trying this and that, I finally found Jesus and I decided to turn my life over to him and follow him. Now many who make that kind of a claim will also tell you exactly where they were and when, down to the minute, that they did this finding and deciding. That's not to say that these people are lying and that they really didn't have this tremendous emotional, spiritual experience. However, the overwhelming evidence from God's word is that we did not decide for Jesus Christ. On the contrary, he decided for us. Or, more accurately, he decided on us. In his small catechism, Martin Luther describes the work of the Holy Spirit by saying, I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel. Jesus himself said, you have not chosen me, I have chosen you. Jesus chose us. And in time, he called each one of us. That's a truth that we learn from today's gospel reading as Jesus calls two men to become his disciples. Now, when, when Jesus calls, the first thing he does is he looks us up. He takes the initiative. He finds us. He does the dialing. He makes the introduction. Spiritual searches and decisions are made by God. First verse of our text says that when Jesus decided to leave Galilee, he found Philip and said, follow me. See, at the time, Philip didn't know Jesus from Adam. Like most sincere seekers, he was probably conducting his own search for spiritual uh, fulfillment and meaning, the truth about God. But Philip had no idea that this Jesus from Nazareth, the son of Joseph, could be the glorious uh, fulfillment of that search. His friend Nathaniel was even more skeptical. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? He says sarcastically. Now, how close in proximity these two guys were to Jesus, and yet, from their perspective, how far away they were in their spiritual searching. You know, it is a good thing that Jesus does do the finding and the calling. I mean, we wouldn't know where to look for God either. In the darkness of our sin and our spiritual ignorance, we might be looking for him too in the sun and the moon and the stars with their their astrological messages, the horoscopes. We too might be looking in humanistic conceptions about the goodness of man and the ultimate victory of God in science and technology and artificial intelligence. We too might be worshiping Buddha or Muhammad or even Lucifer or maybe just taking our chances with a, living a good enough life and hoping for the best in the end. 
with a, a kind supreme being. You know, in our spiritual groping with our sin-darkened minds, all of these things seem as good as anything. And you don't have to look too far to see others in spiritual darkness doing these very things today. St. Paul warned Timothy at the time that it would come when people would gather around them a great many teachers to say what their itching ears wanted to hear. And there is a lot of ear scratching going on today. Jesus says, follow me. Uh, the nuance of that Greek word means literally, come here and be with me. That was quite a contrast in those days from the normal teacher-disciple relationship. Many rabbis had disciples then, but the initiative in that relationship was always with the disciple. He would look up, seek out, select, and finally decide which rabbi he wanted to follow. But, but here Jesus takes the initiative and he does the calling. Discipleship for him was, and it is to this day, a gift. It's a sheer act of God's grace, amazing grace. How sweet the sound, it saved a wretch like me. Once I was lost, but now am found. What a tremendously comforting truth that is. When you stop and think about it, this great King and Lord, the God of heaven and earth, lo and behold, is approachable. And in fact, he approaches us as if we were some famous celebrity. Think of how hard a time you'd have, first of all, finding, and then calling, and then trying to get an audience with your favorite movie star or sports hero today. And then you'd probably be snubbed and, and uh, soon forgotten. God can't be approached or bribed with our, our efforts or our gifts, our intelligence. He doesn't have to be. He comes after us under the fig trees of our our daily routines, and he calls us. Us. You know, God doesn't just go after important people. He, call, he comes after us. The very fact that, that you are within earshot of that call at this moment is a gift of God's grace to you. You are special. You're as close to Jesus right here as Philip and Nathaniel were standing there that day in his presence. Rejoice in that calling. The Bible says it so often. You are the people of God. He loved you and chose you as his own. We should also realize from these verses here that when Jesus calls... He often does it through others. Jesus found Philip. Philip found Nathanael. And later, Jesus says of Nathanael, before Philip called you, I saw you. Jesus finds us and he calls us through others. 
Now, for many of us, in fact, I would probably say for, for most of us, it was just like Emerson here, it was through our parents or, or our grandparents, maybe pastor or a church school teacher or some other, other adult early in life that Jesus' call first came to us. We're disciples of Jesus because we've descended from a family or a, a tradition of Christianity. Does that make Jesus calling to us any less authentic or dynamic? I'm reminded of the story, it gets credited to Teddy Roosevelt, of two men who were talking politics. One said to the other, why are you a Republican? The other guy says, well, I'm a Republican because my father was a Republican, and before him, my grandfather was a Republican. The other guy looks at him and says, what a lame, cowardly reason. What would you be then if your father was a horse thief and your, your grandfather a, a bank robber? Well, then the other guy says, then I'd be a Democrat. <laughs> Probably not a very sensitive story to tell considering the election time that we're in here. But but anyway you look at it, you see, Jesus comes to us and he calls us by way of a, a long line or a, a long chain of Phillips. However it takes place, sometimes anonymously, sometimes seemingly indiscriminately, we can thank God that the chain has remained unbroken all the way down to us and to our own personal link in the chain. But where does that chain go from here? Will it become the last link? Will we now become spiritually sterile, if you will, never knowing the joy of bearing spiritual children? Philip is a model witness for us. He's an example for us to follow. Having been found by Jesus, he found Nathaniel. And even though he didn't have it quite right, theologically anyway, when he said, we have found Jesus, at least he shared the invitation. Come and see. Simply come and see. He didn't argue. He didn't try to prove or rationalize. He didn't defend. He simply invited, come and see for yourself. Philip brought Nathanael to Jesus. Have we brought someone to Jesus? What about our friends, neighbors, our own children? Shouldn't our excitement about this, this gospel news and the, the Jesus who calls us through it, shouldn't that be contagious? something that we simply live and, and breathe, and then share with others like any other bit of good news. Finally, we learned this morning, I think, that when Jesus calls, he brings about a change in people's lives. He's a way of making us want to follow him. Nathaniel found out that Jesus was more than just a popular rabbi. Miraculously, Jesus knew Nathaniel before they met. But that little miracle was nothing, Jesus says, 
compared to the, the greater things that he would see. For the next three years, Nathaniel and the other disciples would see Jesus do great miracles. He would heal the sick, rule wind and waves, cast out demons, even raise the dead. They would see heaven opened at his baptism and again at his transfiguration. They would see the cross and the empty tomb. They would see the risen Jesus who would, before their very eyes, ascend up into heaven. And they would know that because of all these greater things, heaven would be open to them too. That kind of seeing and knowing changes people's lives. And Jesus calls us through the gospel, telling us that he did all of this for me. How can I respond but by dropping my life's priorities a notch and making room for him there on the top in first place, following him? I mean, we've seen greater things that Jesus was referring to here. We saw it just a moment ago in water and the word. We're going to see it also in a moment in bread and wine. You see it and hear it as you hear the message of Jesus' saving work among us. In today's epistle lesson, Jesus calls us now to honor God with our bodies. These bodies no longer belong to us. We are not our own. We've been bought with a price. Jesus paid for these bodies with his body, making our bodies God's temple. By changing our heart, Jesus has taken from us all selfish claims which say things like, well, I'll do as I'll please. I'll live my own life. Nobody else can tell me what to do. Or as we so often hear today, my body, my choice. I have the right to control my own body. You were bought with a price, so glorify God with your body. Or as Jesus would say, follow me with your body, as well as your heart and your soul. Again today, Jesus finds us, and he calls us to come be with him, to give of self, and to see greater things than I has ever seen. Jesus has made the choice for us. The phone is ringing. For our part, may we never decide not to answer that call. The peace of Christ be with you as you live out your lives following Jesus. Amen.